Baggins, you need to get me those pictures of Spider-Man for the late edition. Dobby, get these socks off my desk. Sir, there's a Charlie X on the phone. Something to do with school charity drive on Sunday. Tell him I'll call him back in his dreams. Dale, Magnet, I want that podcast on my desk by five. Yes, yes, sir. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And today, this is uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers, a new podcast where two queer ladies, we talk about the things that happened in our weeks, and we make some silly goofs, and we put them in your ears. Is that a fair assessment? I'd say so, yes. Should we should we start off with something we've, we've done in our week, then? Because that seems like yeah. an easy place to segue to. Tell me about your week. Oh, my week's been a weird one. Um, my day today, as we're recording this, was entirely dedicated to leaking that Dark Souls was coming to the Switch and things, and that was, oh, my heart rate and breathing have not settled down all day. Yeah, oh. uh, I I get like this sometimes when I do work things where I'm like, will it pan out or not? I do a weird rhythmic breathing, and that just hasn't stopped today. But it's fine because I've been listening to lots of music to get through it. Ooh, you see my segue there. <laughs> what, what's, what's jamming in your ears? So I've been listening to a bunch of songs from Welcome to Night Vale's uh, weather segments recently, Ooh. because I started re-listening to Welcome to Night Vale right from the beginning, and I forgot how many good songs from the last few years that I like just came from Welcome to Night Vale's weather. Uh, in particular, I've been really enjoying Of a Friday Night, by Anais Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember this one? Uh, not by name. It's... I don't know how to describe <laughs> this one. No, I can't sing, so I'm not going to try and sing that. But, link um, me to it, I'll listen later. I'll, I'll link you to it later, but if anyone wants to have a listen, Of a Friday Night by Anais Mitchell has been, like, my track of the week. Nice. It's It's one that just has this really powerful emotive lyric line over like quite a quiet piano track and oh it just does my heart proud lovely have you been listening to any music of any kind this week i have give me a second and i will i will find what i've been particularly digging um <laughs> um while we're while i'm i'm looking for it um on the subject of night veil my favorite is still episode four which was um the tiny closer Oh, the tiny closer is so good. Um, I'm having a look through my list now for like what a good Nightmare tracks I've been listening to since I started re rebinging. I love this too shall pass. Um, mm. It's a it's a very early one. I think it might have been like the first few episodes. It's by Danny Schmidt, and it's basically a song about like hey, if you're going through depression. Yeah, the good times, you know, come and go, but the bad mm. times will pass as well. You know, you'll get through this. I, I like just think that. it's a really sweet message. It's a good one. I like that. Uh, one I've been listening to, uh, Dan Mum, Dan Mum Solo on YouTube uh, does um, metal versions of classical music, Ooh. and I've been listening to on repeat uh, his version of Hungarian Rhapsody Number no. Two by Franz Liszt. Um, which is absolutely badass, shredded out on a guitar. Uh, oh, I have one more song recommendation Ooh. for this week I keep listening to, which is uh, Happy Home, Keep On Writing by Kimya Dawson, mm-hmm. which is from an album called Alphabet. And it's kind <laughs> of weird, because most of this album is basically just her singing songs to her kid, that like one of them is his, the letters of the alphabet, but we're singing some silly words to them. Aww. But the last... 
uh, the last song on this album is just this really powerful track about just keep pushing for what you want to do don't let anyone dictate who you're going to be just keep pushing and you'll make your dreams also it has a section about roller derby in it which has <laughs> uh as someone that does roller derby i very much enjoy the section where it's like um i really like how they portray the appeal of roller derby mm. it's you get to be some something that the singer and i have always wanted to be which is fast strong and part of a team i'm mm. like that's a really nice way of looking at it was that in juno uh kimbia dawson as an artist did a bunch of music ah. for juno okay. i don't think that song was in juno oh. i might be wrong but i know that she did a lot of the soundtrack for juno yeah l- last time i brought this song up i mentioned juno and i think you were sort of semi-aware of it is this a film that like you particularly remember having seen or uh yes so I, I particularly remember it having an orange dvd box um yes and because <laughs> i remember weird things um i, I particularly enjoyed the the film i thought it was quite sweet and and very much a story about not underestimating young people yeah that, oh, adults do seem to do that all too often oh very much it seems to be the theme of adults is just like kids they don't know what's up honestly i just like anything that's got michael Sarah in it like we we were watching uh scott pilgrim versus the world a little Scudder, while back the power of self-respect uh, yes we had a particularly good time watching the uh, the 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 scene about vegan superpowers. <laughs> yes, as, yes uh, we did. As as a podcast where like one person is vegan and one person tries to eat more vegan stuff where possible, it it gave us a good giggle. Oh no, you've outed me. <laughs> oh no, have I given away that you sometimes eat rabbit food? All I live on is twigs and grass because that that's all we're allowed to eat. Um, but I, 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 you know, I, I try not to be that vegan. Yes, I'm vegan. <laughs> I apologise. It's it's okay because you didn't bring up the fact you're vegan, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I try not to mention it because I know everyone hates the people that go on about it all the time. So I, I think people hate the people who like go on about like you should be vegan and make it about other people. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I've I've met people who I would classify as vegan police and they yeah. are they are not my people at all. Um no. I, I, I have a friend who regularly goes hunt sabotage. She eats meat, she enjoys meat, but she thinks it is terribly cruel to go hunting foxes of a boxing yeah. day or of a, a weekend on horseback and it's 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 not a class issue. It's very much a it's really cruel to just rip a fox to pieces and there's also all the property damage and the the all the other terrible things that they do. Um, she isn't vegan, and obviously a lot of the people that do that kind of thing are. And they they all get right down to what your shoes made of. Where did you get your shoes? Uh-huh. Where did you are you wearing makeup? Where did you get that makeup? And it's like I'm here doing a good thing. Let me do the good thing. Yeah, that seems a bit ridiculous. The idea that you'd be stopped from doing a beneficial thing because yep. you're not also doing other beneficial things. But exactly. um, like since since I started trying to eat more vegan stuff, the big thing that surprised me is like Skittles are vegan. Mm. That's I I love that Skittles are vegan and knickknacks. Ah yes, I shall survive on Skittles and knickknacks for all eternity. Mm-hmm. 
Delicious. Delicious um, indeed. And you can do things with tofu. You can put chocolate in tofu and make really oh, good mousse. You made a really good cheesecake recently, a chocolate cheesecake with tofu in it. Yep, I will I will quickly give the recipe for that now. One packet of hobnobs, one cube of silken tofu, an entire slab of green and black's eighty five percent, two tablespoons of icing sugar, and a, a couple of teaspoons of vanilla essence. Mix all your chocolatey bits up with your tofu and your vanilla and smash up your hobnobs into a base, a bit of uh, melted coconut oil or maybe a bit of Vitalites, non-dairy butter. Mush it all in to make a nice base, stick one on top of the other, shove it in the fridge. Ta-da! You will have amazing, very, very, very chocolatey cheesecake that did not I, require animals to be brutalised. I had no idea this was going to turn into, like, the baking section of the show. Now we have a baking section. Well, we have a baking section, I suppose, but um, this might be a good opportunity for me to talk about a game I want to talk about this week, Ooh. which involves baking, and it's the best game. Excellent. So... I've been playing a game this week on the Switch called Battle Chef Brigade, Ooh. and for anyone who's unaware of it, it's it's a very weird game to try and explain. Um, imagine basically like a cooking competition going on in like Lord of the Rings, I suppose, but with more up-to-date comedy. Um, you are trying to become the best chef in this sort of fantasy world, and you do that by entering a cooking tournament. And the three stages of the game are... Side-scrolling beat 'em up where you go, you go kill monsters. You then collect their parts, and then you try and make recipes in a match three game. Okay. Yeah, it sounds really weird, but it's it's really good fun. Like it's very frantic. Uh, you'll be given you'll be given instructions at the start of the round where it's like you have five minutes to collect your ingredients and cook a, a dish. It must primarily have fire as it's like primary flavor gem mm, so like if you want it nice and spicy and you've got to use ingredients from this animal go and okay. it just sets you off and you have to hunt the things if there's something that's got good ingredients it might take you longer to to defeat to get them and then you've got less time for cooking uh you might have to cook two or three different dishes in the time limit for people who want different things in the judging panel and it's just this really fast-paced, funny action game about being the best chef. The Great Shire Bake Off. <laughs> the Great Shire Bake Off, indeed. Um, it's it's been really nice having something a bit smaller to play. Um, because we've both been playing Xenoblade Two recently. So much Xenoblade. So oh. much Xenoblade. Uh, we both finished it this week, and we're not going to talk spoilers. But do you want to talk about how you feel now you finished Xenoblade Two? I can sleep again. <laughs> but I think by the time I'd defeated the final boss and got my last save with my nice little med medal next to it, sorry, spoilers. I I'd racked up like 171 and a half hours, which is over a week of consistent play. <laughs> and um, that was that was what six, seven weeks we'd had the game. If that, um, yeah, I think it was delivered to me on release day, but I didn't get to play it for about a week, so. Yeah, same. Like, I didn't play it until closer to Christmas. Yeah, and then a lot of time. It, it did help that I was off sick for two days, and I know that both of those days I pretty much played it the entire time I was awake. You managed to get, like, a bit ahead of me during that time. Um, Just a little bit, but you did catch up with me in less than a day. <laughs> I caught up with you by ignoring all side quests and just going through the main story for a bit. But um And many of the enemies. <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna explain to people who haven't played this game what it is? It's JRPG. You play main character Rex, who is a salvager. They they go diving into what is essentially the sea, the cloud sea. 
and they pick things up from the world below, the world that once was. And uh, he is given an offer he can't refuse to be somebody they need from a particular village uh, to go on a on a quest. He's give, offered a huge amount of money to just go and, and, and help out on a mission. And pretty much everyone who is on this quest with him is like, why you, you're a nobody and nothing. And you don't, you don't even have a, a magical GF friend. I keep comparing things in this game to Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> I think, I think that's a good thing to compare them to. Like if anyone's played JRPGs, like eight is probably something they'll know of. It's it's got draw points. It's got GFs. Um, I, I it, don't know it, what more you want. <laughs> it did take me a little while to realise that that's where you'd gotten draw points from when we were playing. I was like, draw points. Oh, eight. Yep, it was eight. It, so, which is why I consequently knew that the easiest way to get the most power was just draw and draw and draw every time I see. Yes, collect all of the things, and then you will be resource flush forever. Yep. And then you will get shiny new blade friends who are um, sort of your guardian forces that fight alongside you and in, in, uh, they, they lend you use of their weapons, be those big punchy fists or great axes or spears and uh, a funky sword. <laughs> and you get to go off around the world and explore and meet interesting people and characters like the Nopons. The Nopons have an interesting way of talking, Little Pon. <laughs> they do indeed. They uh, do. Um, they're, they're an interesting character. They have wings, but are flightless. I recently found out they had feathers, though that was not particularly clear throughout the main story of the game. <laughs> their wings are kind of like their ear flaps, think sort of, of, and also kind of their hands. Think sort of. Well, they have little arms as well. So think like um, the the comparison I've made previously was that like maybe foot and a half, two foot tall, almost completely round, and they have ear th- uh, wings on their head, a bit like um, Kelowna, daughter Phantom Isle. I don't know if that rings any bells. An Not old PS One game, but I'm sure it will Somebody. for someone out there. <laughs> Um, so yes, I'm very glad to have finished that. It was wonderful. It gets very anime in places, uh, but more than anything else, I'm, I'm quite glad to have my life back because I'm terrible with RPGs. This, this is the problem I always have with RPGs: is when when they're happening, I love them. It's amazing. I love that I have something that I want to pour all my time into. And then when I finish them, I simultaneously feel glad to have my time back but also kind of deflated that the story's over, because I'm like, mm. so much of me was in that world. It's gone. Ah. No, come back. Yeah. Which is why I threw myself headfirst into Battle Chef, is I'm like, this thing's like eight to ten hours long. That's good. I can wean myself off, and it won't be such a big hit when this one ends. It's okay. It's, <laughs> it's, it's okay. I have... I've not really been doing anything. I've been looking at... What to do for this podcast? I have put together a, a jingle, which will possibly be full intro music by the second or third episode. <gasps> I, I doubt it's going to get um, finished in time for Sunday, so there will be. Hopefully, you might see a nice evolving version of the sound. That's fine. Podcasts are a are a very fluid medium. I think <laughs> maybe that's a thing I should do. I should just add a another track to it every episode so it just becomes this massive wall of sound <laughs> I have had my filthy millennial moment this week 
Ooh. I was in my my local Sainsbury's, <gasps> and they had uh, load just tons of stuff. I'm a little bit frightened that they might be shutting the giant new Sainsbury's that they <gasps> recently opened. Oh no! Uh, because they seem to be just chucking out tons and tons and tons of vegetables. Hopefully that that is being given to local food banks and things because I think it's important. And but... all being sold on the cheap to go. Well, I. Yes, I, 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 I do like that about it, but at the same time, I think that these things are are not off. It's they're good for a couple of days still, and and I think fresh veg is important to everyone. Yes, you should be if you are donating to to food banks. Certainly, get them some tinned veg, and I'm not just saying that because I don't eat meat, but I think it's um, I think it's important that you know you try and get your vitamins and minerals so that no one's getting malnourished. Late stage capitalism, everybody. Um, but yeah, I managed to get some cheap avocados. Ooh, avocados. Did you have them on toast, you millennial? I, I was going to have them on toast, but I, I realised I, I did not have any bread. <gasps> so did you find an even more millennial solution than, than avocado toast? I had some leftover stuffing from the night before, so I put it on that. Avocado. Didn't look a bit like Avocado on a, on a bed of stuffing toast? Exactly, avocado on on stuffing. <laughs> that was my that was my dinner on like Tuesday, uh, I think. But 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 it reminded me of that whole thing about oh, oh millennials spend all their money on avocado toast. They'll never afford a house. I have come up with a solution to my housing problem. What's your solution to the housing problem? My solution to housing problem is I just need to wait until they're throwing some houses out, uh, and I'll get a, I'll, I'll get a couple cheap and maybe keep one in the freezer. Just that, just you know, as they're coming up towards their sell by date, and like they're, exactly. they're just going to throw them out anyway, so they might as well see exactly. if they can get something for them. Exactly. Not that I'm saying they shouldn't, you know, take some of the housing down to the food bank, so that you know, people that are on the brink of homelessness will have somewhere safe to stay. Indeed, but if they've got some spare that just you know they've given their allocation already, I won't say no to being a filthy millennial who buys a discount house exactly i definitely one discount house please <laughs> igor igor yes doctor we need to get to work what are we on to today i think we have to make some toast doctor we have to make some toast igor oh, where do we even get started with something like that something so diabolical so so fiendishly genius I have purchased some Warburton's bread, the most evil of bread. Oh, it's a very evil kind of bread we've got there. Right, I'm going to plug it into the wall and give it maximum power. How do you plug in the bread, mistress? Um, well, I believe there are some to- some, some toast receptacle device drawers somewhere somewhere at the top, maybe? I, 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 it's a very complicated device. I shall fetch the toast receptacles, mistress. Put the toast in the toast receptacles. Yes, mistress. Collect the electricity wire to the wall-mounted electricity receptacle. Yes, mistress. It's going to take a minute to be alive. Um, do-do-do... So, Igor, well, 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 this brings to life. Have you been up to anything today? Is it good? Oh, uh, digging up bodies in the graveyard. Hey, ah, it's, it's come to life. Ah, it's popped out the machine. It's, oh, it's red hot. It's alive. It's alive. Would you like uh, mar- marmite on that machine? Oh, 
The devil's spread. It'll salt me right up down to the bones and suck the very life essence from me. This is what my creation was designed to do. Very well, mistress. I spread it on now. <laughs> you have summoned me. You have summoned me. I am the evil demon of Marmite. Oh, I yes. cast it me upon your toasted bread like a thunderbolt. <laughs> oh, and what, what, what do you offer me, toast demon? Marmite demon of toast. Two for one on DVDs. Two for one on this DVD selection. But there's only about six films. You've probably seen the more shortest and less than the short one there. It's it's all right. I'm I'm pretty happy with just my. I'm pretty happy with just my toast. Be gone, vile beast! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was fun. Um, only other thing I've been trying to do this week is find my fucking nail clippers. Your nail clippers? I own like six pairs of nail clippers, and I cannot find a single pair. This is this is ridiculous. I think we need to come up with some kind of invention so that you can. Well, I was going to say we need an invention so you can find your nail clippers. I think that invention exists. It's a metal detector, but. I don't know if that would help in my flat. There is a lot of metal equipment. It's, I don't know, it's just the most boring fetch quest I've put myself in the world. Zero of six found. (laughs) Find the nail clippers. By saying zero of six, you imply that you have to find all six to complete the quest. I want to know where my nail clippers are. (laughs) My my nails have been really annoying me and I just can't quite do it with scissors. Yeah, this this is why I keep all of my nail stuff in that nice case you gave me because Ooh. then it's all in one place and it's harder to lose a whole case of things than it is to lose one individual thing. Well, this is a fine example of how one can uh, offer advice to somebody else but not follow it themselves. <laughs> the other thing I haven't found being able to find since New Year is um, my glasses case. Don't know where it's gone. I've had to use my old one for my old glasses. I. I've had a few things missing recently, and the the main thing that I was trying to find today, and this is a really silly thing to be trying to find, you know those plastic shapes that are kind of like a sphere made of like plastic that goes in and out, and you sort of can make them expand and contract, so they're, like they're a big sphere yep. or they're kind of a spiky ball when you they, put them those, shut. I can't remember what they're called, like geosphere things. They're brightly coloured and yeah, yeah, those things. How do I you have... lose that thing? I don't know. It was just in my office near my desk because it was basically there as a if I get anxious at work, it's there thing. And I had a bit of anxiety at work today and then it just wasn't there. So I had to go find one of the many other hundreds of anxiety aids that I have in the house. I think angry penguins are stealing our shit. <gasps> Very mean angry penguins. Bring them back. Bring, bring our things penguins. back. I, angry penguins, I, I need I need to find my nail clippers. <laughs> Is that it? I'm going to have to fight penguins and then complete a number of, of very boring quests involving cleaning, cleaning and adult responsibility. This this side quest is getting more and more difficult by, by the minute. It's the worst of side quests. Right, right, right. What seems to be the problem? Oh, hi. I'm sorry. Yeah, I... It's just a flat tyre. I... I you know how it is when you go to the garage and they use the, the pneumatic thing? I just can't seem to get the, the nuts off. Mmm. It does look like a flat tyre, but are you by any chance trans? Because if so, it might not be a standard flat tyre issue. I, I only ask because it might be important to the care of your tyres. 
Um, well, uh, yes, yes, I am. Oh, well, you see, what we got here is not a sound of flat tyre, then. We have, what we've got here is a trans flat tyre, and, and the deal with those is, is because all of those hormones, what they make you take, make you, uh-huh. make you put on weight, and that makes you heavier, which makes you put more pressure on one of the tyres, which makes your tyre burst, it's a trans flat tyre. Trans flat tire. Yes, trans flat tire. It's the same as a flat a flat tire, but because it's because you're trans, you got to treat right. it. You got to treat it different. Okay, so do you think you can change it for me? Oh, you see, if it were just a flat tire, I could change it. But I don't know if I am if I'm qualified. Like, I, I've got to see if there's one of the uh, the 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 mechanics that focuses on trans stuff because, like, I wouldn't want to make a mistake with your flat tire. Because I don't know enough about trans flat tyres. Like, I, I don't know what's going on in there. Do you know somebody that de- does deal with a trans flat tyre? Well, I, 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 I don't know. You'd have, to, you'd have to ask around. It's not really something people talk about, is it? I'd, pro- probably got to find a specialist or something. I don't know. Thanks. You've been really helpful. Question mark. The medical establishment, everyone. That's I did do I did do something else this week while we're here. Uh so over Christmas, Jane, you taught me how to do Rubik's Cubes. I did. Which is a thing I've not known how to do for about a decade, and you retaught me how to do them. And the bump cube. And the bump cube. I'll get to the bump cube in a second. So Rubik's cube. I'm sure people know what that is. Three by three cube. It has colours. You jumble it up. You put it back together. Um, I can do them pretty reliably now. Like I timed myself once. I did it in three and a half minutes, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I compared with my mother, who does hers a different method, and Ooh. apparently the method that me and Jane use seems like a better method than hers. I'm curious to know what her method is. I would struggle how to explain it but apparently her method like halfway through you have to just do this permutation over and over and over and over and over and over until like a pattern emerges Uh... and it's complete luck how long it'll take for this pattern to emerge there's there is an easier way of doing that method but you have to have memorized lots of different versions of where things can be yeah and for my brain i cannot hold that so i do a layer by layer method this is this is the thing for me is I can't memorize that many versions of if these pieces are in this order do do this from here, yeah. and it seems like that's maybe why my mum's has the randomness in it is because she doesn't know that step. But um, mm. yeah, we do a sort of layer by layer thing, which is I corners very much last. enjoy. For anyone asking, we do corners last. Sorry, for anyone who's interested, we do corners last. Oh yes, corners um, last. <laughs> there, there there is a version where you can do the corners and then solve the cross on the top, which I I don't know. Um, but I'm told that is a thing. Yeah. Um, and apparently much quicker, so if you're speed cubing, but I think 55 seconds. Under a minute is probably fast enough. Um, 14 seconds, I think, is <laughs> one of the world records. So I've, I've been practicing this thing called the bump cube that Jane mentioned, which is, if you go Google it, it's basically like a 3x3 Rubik's cube, but there's no colours on the sides of it, and all the pieces are different sizes. Which means that when you jumble it up, it looks like some crazy alien artifact. And you have to recognise the shapes that fit together rather than the colours that fit together. Um, I've been practising this a a bunch. I I struggled with it at first, just mainly because of the first side. Like, I struggled to mentally put together how to do side one. 
the thing that has really helped recently is realising if I start with the thinnest side, that's the easiest one for me to put together. So since I worked that out, I've been doing it more reliably and faster. So hooray, bump cubes. Well, since all of our our questing to go through doing uh, various cuby things over the uh, festive period, I uh, finally sat down with my pillowed master Morphinx, which has been uh, sat jumbled up and in a very bizarre shape for about the last five years. I was like, I I am doing you now. Confusing as you are. I've seen many of your shapes. Which one is this? Um, you wouldn't have. It would have just looked like a mess on my puzzle shelf. But um, when it's solved, it should look like a, a slightly in like someone stuck a, a straw in the top of a pyramid and then just blown into it and inflated it. I'm gonna Google this thing. What did you say it's called? It's a pillowed master morphix. That's M A S T E R M O R P H I X. Okay, I'm having a look at this thing. Yep, it's a slightly like inflated pyramid. I think that's a tetrahedron. Yes, I think that that's sounds right. right. So, what you say this has been taking a while for you to solve this one? I I I knew that it was a three by three um, transforming shape mod, which basically means it follows all the same rules as a standard three by three by three cube. But it's a different shape and it changes shape as you move it around. Um, mm. And I shuffled it about four years ago and was like, right, it's just a three by three by three. I'll be absolutely <laughs> fine and started solving it. And my brain just went, nah, <laughs> nah, <laughs> what but brain, but brain, we can do this thing. Nah, just put it down. <laughs> just, we're not doing it, brah. Not doing it, brah. <laughs> <laughs> do you need a bra? Uh, do you need a bra? That, like, you know, pats you on the back and tells you everything's alright. Do good bra. Do you need a bra that when you're out shopping and you see something shiny in a shop window, you know you don't really have the money for it. <laughs> all right. you, don't need, you don't need a bra. You don't need it, bra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I fucking love the this stupid joke. This stupid joke. It's beautiful. Do you need a bra that has a built-in clock? Uh, yes, I do. What is what? What kind of bra is that? Got time, bra. <laughs> do you need a bra that is consistently forgetting to bring down its uh, bring around its flame creation device? You got a light, bra. Got a light, bra. <laughs> do you need a bra that will help you leave things behind that are no longer helpful to you? Leave it, bra. <laughs> do you need a bra that will keep your breasts just slightly chi- uh, slightly cold? Chillin' brah. Do you need a bra that's always positive? Yes, brah. <laughs> Do you need a bra that will help you forget your cares? Yes. No worries, brah. No worries, brah. Uh, do you need a bra that will tell you whether you are inside or outside of any given vehicle? In it, brah. <laughs> Do you need a bra that will offer you a cigarette? Need a fag, brah. Go fag, brah. Go fag, brah. It's the voice. It's the voice gets me every time. You have to make sure that you keep it officially South London. Yeah, it's got to be South London because I'm originally from South London, so I do have a lot of that in me. It's it's only voice training that's made me slightly sound a bit too posh. Ew, um, a little bit posh. A little bit too posh, though. See, this is one of those things that happens when we talk to each other. We just get a little bit too posh occasionally. Yes, a little bit tipsy on the old cherry. Oh, love to have a little brandy while we're here. Oh, there's brandy, sherry. Oh, is it is it obvious that we started this podcast mainly so we'd have an outlet for these silly voices we do? Oh, so it's mainly for that, I would imagine. 
Well, well, how did you end up fixing your your mega morphaminx, whatever it was, cube thing triangle? Patience. <laughs> um, it it was it was just that I I sat over the course of I think about three hours and just forced myself to keep doing it. Um, I get I get frustrated if I get fifteen minutes into the bump cube and I'm like, no, can't work it out, no, and I stop. Oh well, I saw a a version of the bump cube in the works the other day, and I nearly bought that. It's um not quite a bump cube, so instead of having none of the sides or none of the pieces be exactly the same size, it has three layers: a thin layer, a middle middle sized layer, and a long layer. So instead of being um, going from small to large in two different directions, it only goes small to large in one direction. So there is essentially four matching corners and Ooh. four matching uh, four matching edges. So mm, but I, I imagine that will come up with its own problems, but I couldn't justify a fiver to spare on yet another cube. Particularly uh, considering you got some some interesting, challenging cubes for Christmas that are going to take you some time. I'm still scared of the X2. Yeah, it's a Rubik's Cube. Like, Imagine if you took a bunch of Rubik's Cubes and made the letter X out of Rubik's Cubes all attached together. That's kind yeah. of what this is. So imagine a 3x3, three three, but on four of the sides they have an extra two bits on uh it's also a transforming shape so you can move it into the third dimension and have the the top and bottom have extra sticky out bits it's feels really really fragile but i've seen online reviews and i'm told it's actually pretty stable it's more stable than it feels when it sort of rickety rackets around I suppose it ha- apparently it's incredibly well made. It's got really good reviews, but it just slightly terrifies me. <laughs> it it does seem like the kind of thing you'll jumble up, and it will never get unjumbled. It, it will be the ma- master morphics all over again. <laughs> Do you know what I'd like to see more of? What would you like to see more of? Um, alright, mate. Um, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. I'm alright, I'm all right, mate. How, yeah. how, how you been? Oh, um, uh, not too good, not too good. I've, uh, I had a bit of bit of an argument with the missus. Oh, that's not good. What was your argument about? Just not being... I've been feeling a bit uh, insecure in myself, you know? Oh. Just, uh... Oh, I know that, I know that feeling, bruh. I know what feeling yeah. insecure is like, and you've got, you've got to talk about these feelings, because otherwise I'll just yeah, eat yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we we, uh, we, we talked it over. We, we, we had a nice chat, uh, sort of sharing our feelings and emotions. And, oh, uh, that's so fucking hot, mate. You fucking torture yeah. feelings out. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, definitely you dirt, oh, yeah. bird, dirty bird. Yeah, it's me, you know. Oh God, you know, gotta have like a bit of emotional intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. you can't, can't, can't fucking beat a bit of emotional fucking intelligence. Yeah. I, I love a bit of emotional fucking intelligence. Oh, yeah, emotional yeah, yeah. fucking intelligence. Yeah, you know. Well, that was screaming at the telly. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, you know, I had a similar, I had a similar issue the other day, and uh, yeah. when we, we yeah. talked it out, and it was good. And then I was feeling yeah. a little, I was just feeling a little, a little fragile afterwards because oh. talking about feelings is hard, isn't it? Oh yeah. So oh, I'm sorry to hear that, mate. Oh, I saw right. I gave my uh, teddy bear. out. No, I gave gave a teddy bear a bit of a hug. Didn't have to cry oh. out. Gave a teddy a hug. It was fucking. I felt fucking nice. better, mate. Not, not that there's anything wrong with crying it out. Not that there's yeah, anything wrong with crying it out, but I didn't have to cry it out because I gave the Teddy yeah. a good hug and actually got all my feelings. Oh, I was all right. 
Got, got to tell you myself, got to tell you myself. I had it since I was uh, wee nipper. Oh, yeah. so have I, so have I. Got, oh, it's, it's, like a, it's like a fucking trophy, isn't it? you just got to yeah, keep it there, yeah. be proud of it, isn't it? Uh, proud, proud of my trophy beer. Oh, there's nothing, there is nothing more, there's nothing more manly than being proud of your own emotional support mechanisms. Absolutely. Uh, emotional intelligence is about my most important thing you can have. Also, you know, being reasonably well educated about political issues. Oh yeah, yeah. There's nothing. There is nothing. Nothing in this world that is more manly and respectable than being up to date on your political issues and knowing that uh, what people portray as social justice issues is just finding equality for everyone. You got to know that because otherwise you just look like a dick. Exactly, and, and and I think the struggles we make with, with, with things like feminism very important, but you, your feminism has to be intersectional, otherwise it's just shit. Oh, it's, it's it's not even worth fucking doing. If you ain't got intersectional fe- feminism, it's like trying to walk it in against Chelsea. It just ain't gonna happen. Exactly, it doesn't matter if if you are fat, it doesn't matter if you're thin, it doesn't matter if you're a sex worker. You know, you you it's, it's got to be intersectional. We go, oh, right, it doesn't matter if you're able-bodied or not. It's, well, it's, it's got to be it's across not... race and trans issues too, Abs- and, and, and absolute, gender oh, and sexuality. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, you, include all the people. Are you aware? Are you aware that black yeah. people are most affected by harassment, and women, and trans people, and yeah? So like the intersection of those. That's how intersection works, is as an intersection. Women yeah. of colour who are also trans, I've got to deal with all three of those bits of shit. That's how intersectionality works. If you're not taking into account the overlaps, what are you even fucking doing? Exactly. More of that, more of that. We've got to make, we'll make sure we're looking after everyone. All together, we pull all together, all of us coming together, lift each other up. Except the rich people, fuck them, they're high enough already. Oh, they're high enough already. I'm. I, you know what, this would be a really good chat. Let's have a hug. Am I not going to... Yeah, sit? gives up. We'll have a hug that's like 20 seconds long because that's the bonding chemical length of hug. Absolutely. Oh, oh. Get the oxytocin in. And, and, and we're not, we're not going to do any of that no homo shit because it's pretty stupid no. to do that because that means that you've got no, no confidence in your heterosexuality or your confidence in yourself. Exactly. Not that I'm heterosexual. Oh, no, no, I never am. to currently but... be in a relationship with, with a woman. I think it's it's bad that sometimes people assume that because of that, uh, I, I it's a, a quote-unquote straight relationship. Oh, I mean, oh, exactly. I'm bisexual, she's pansexual, I think that's perfectly all right. Oh, exactly, and the opposite is true as well. I'm, I'm also bisexual, and, I, you know, there's that situation where sometimes gay circles will go, well, you're not gay enough. And it's like, no, it's not right. And, you know, to get called not straight enough. And that's just wrong, isn't it, bruv? Exactly. Just because you see someone that might be characterised as, say, being uh, like what what appears to you to be a male-female binary straight relationship at Pride, that could be anything. One of them might be trans, one of them might be non-binary, but, you know, is more sort of mask dressing or femme dressing. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are a quote-unquote straight couple. Oh, indeed. you just got to let people be people and assume that they know their relationship better than you do. Exactly, exactly. Right, I'm I'm off to go have a nap because, uh, you know, days are tiring and sometimes you just got to cuddle up for a nice sleep in a blanket, so... Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Right, it's just been good to see you, bruv. Lovely to see you too, lovely to see you too. Have a good one. Have a good one. Oh, that was so fun. Yeah, definitely more of that. <laughs> definitely more of that in the world. Oh, definitely. Definitely more of that in the world. 
So in terms of things we've watched this week, we talked a bit about video games earlier. Did you fancy mm-hmm. talking about that Nintendo Direct we watched today? Yeah, let's talk about that. I've got to pull up the list. What was what was in it? Uh, well, you I- know, you, you knew before it happened yeah this was this was a thing like i i accidentally like a few hours before the direct ed i was meant to just i was trying to just send you like a link to something i'd written and i just sent you like the outline of the direct i was like don't talk about that please uh that 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 should be going out in a bit and then it did i i i couldn't lucky i didn't leak it I, I couldn't find a second source on it, so I didn't run the whole thing. I only talked about the Dark Souls news, but... That's fair. Right, whereas... Okay, here's the list. So, uh, The World Ends With You, Final Remix, which is a port of a DS game that I absolutely love. It's very stylish, but it's it's weird and complicated. Like, the original DS game, in combat, you had to use the buttons to control one character and the touchscreen to control the second character at the same time. Mm. It was fantastic, but complicated. So I don't know if that's if you'd ever seen The World Ends With You before. Um, I think I had seen it. The, the graphic style reminds me of other things, but I can't remember what. Have um, the people that made that made other things I would know? Because I suppose it's got the art style of like Elite Beat Agents and... Uh, what am I thinking of? Persona? It's... I know it's not by the Persona people. It's Square Enix. Oh, it's Square Enix. Uh, Jupiter are the specific company. What have Jupiter made? Not really anything in a while. <laughs> so th- that's the only thing they've really like. They're known for Jupiter, and mm. it's it's a very popular. Like people look back on it quite fondly. So I'm glad that's getting a port. Um, I think one that you were excited about was Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. Yes, I've played about 10 minutes of Fire Emblem Warriors with you. Mm. I've played a few hours of Dynasty Warriors 8, I think, the Steam Edition, which there was almost too much going on with that one. (laughs) I was getting very confused. There was uh, too many characters. I don't know if that was because it was the Ultimate Edition or what, but I didn't really have Mm. any background and suddenly the... It's just, it loads up and it goes, here is everything. <laughs> You've unlocked 900 characters and they all have bajillion T weapons. Okay. Now yeah. go, do thing in, in feudal Japan. Um. This one's not quite as, as daunting. Like Hyrule Warriors, I think only has like 20 or so characters total uh, in it. But for anyone who doesn't know, this is based, made by the people that do the Dynasty Warriors games, which are usually your one overpowered, like, demigod go murder all of these like people who don't stand a chance and then fight bosses that will actually fight back Mm. um and hyrule warriors is one of these set in the zelda universe and it's basically an excuse for lots of zelda fan service which i really kind of loved and that's is that koei tecmo yeah that's koei tecmo I know game thing. Yeah, you know game things. It's, <laughs> it's a game where it's like it's very transparent that it's just fan service, and I don't care because it's it's fan service for the thing I like. Yep, I'm massive Zelda nerd. So <laughs> she says, sitting here drinking out of the uh, the, the Zelda glass I got for Christmas. Ooh. Mm. Uh, there's a few other bits that were kind of interesting. There's there's a Mario Tennis game coming to Switch, which has a story mode. That's interesting. 
my experience with the the Mario sports games tends to be, yay, thing, this will be fun. And then I've almost always ended up playing it single player and just gone, this is not fun without friends. I had um, All-Star Soccer, I think, mm-hmm. was that Wii? Yes, yeah. And sort of had fun single player with that for about 10 minutes and... <laughs> Like mm, this was fun. Probably would have been better with friends. Um, I've played. Uh, was it tennis on the sixty four? And and again, like these are all fun things. They have fun power ups, and these are characters I I care about, but no one to play with. This is kind of why I got excited about this one because this is the first like Mario tennis game that's been announced when I'm at a point in my life where it's like, oh, I have people to play video games with in my life. Hooray! Plus, well- I imagine you can probably play it online. Yeah, you can probably play it online now, and there's a there's an actual single player story which will probably help. So nice. I'm I'm tempted to give that a look. Like I like over the top, don't take themselves seriously sports games. So yeah, I'm looking at you, snowboard kids. <laughs> oh, they need to bring back snowboard kids. They really yeah. do. Yeah, let's let's have a remaster of snowboard kids. <laughs> uh, was there anything else that jumped out to you in that direct? Faye. I thought it looked beautiful. I don't know how it's going to be. Neither but, do uh, I. <laughs> that looked really pretty. And um, East, was it eight we're up to now? Uh, yes, eight. It's, it's come a long way from one and two, which are the only ones I've played. One and two were um, did not look this good. It did not look at all like this. And I didn't, didn't really get into the bump mechanic. Yeah, I... I don't know if I'll get into it in this, but like mm. now that Xenoblade's out the way, I'm itching for another JRPG. So I'm like, yeah, I might have to pick this up just just in case. See, for me, the thing I'm excited about is Dark Souls getting remastered. Because as much as I have a reputation for like, ah, oh, Laura, she can't beat games, sucks at video games. I'm like, I can get through a Dark Souls and I like them, even if I'm not great at them. I've never played a Souls game. <laughs> The, the reputation they have for being, like, impossibly hard, I, I think is kind of unfounded. They are tough, but basically just, if you slow down and take your time, that that's the thing that makes them hard, is everyone wants to rush in and play it like a power fantasy, and they get killed very quickly. It's like, oh, stay back, attack when it's safe. Mm. And they're not as bad as they maybe have the reputation for being, but... I, I'm i excited for an opportunity to go back to Dark Souls 1, and I'm very curious to see if you'll get on with it. Mm, yeah, I mean, I've, I wanted to try it. I tried to get a free copy in the Golden Joystick um, voting about two years ago, but they ran out of copies in about ten minutes. <laughs> oh no, there are no more digital, not physically limited things left. No... I, I'm guessing they paid an amount for, or, or got a, a limited number of keys. I imagine so, but it's still grumble, grumble. Yes, and then this year's uh, Golden Joystick voting was, I think, something like you got a free magazine, That's... which I just shrugged at and went, nah, I'm not even going to pretend to have heard of most of these games. You should have voted in the Golden Joysticks because I was there and it's a work thing for me, so vote in the Golden Joystick. Oh no, they already went past now. Very Don't happy. worry, anyone. I, I watched them. I, I, I watched them. <laughs> uh... it's, it's, you were in the right place for that. You got to be on it. Yeah, I I was sat at home watching it on Twitch, going, "Ah, please make the comments stop." Oh, ah, the horrible people. I I I got off of that panel, and the first thing that I was told was, "Don't look at the comments." And I'm like, I wasn't planning to, but 
thanks for letting me know they were trash. I think they were trash because the first panel of the Golden Joysticks pre-show was five women on a video game live show. And all gamer boys don't like that. Nope. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Dragon Quest Builders. Yeah, this this looks very Minecrafty. I'm. It does. I'm I'm intrigued by like Minecraft, but with some JRPG story stuff going on. I've seen a bit of. I think it was PS4 footage mm. some time ago, and I thought that looked interesting. But I've not. I've not had a modern console until last year when I got a Switch, and mm. by many people's standards, that doesn't count. Oh, it counts. It's the it's the best one. I I like it the best. It's the most fun. Yeah. It's I I'm really liking that the Switch has like picked up steam and seems to be keeping mm. it going because we are just getting into this really nice period of even if they're a bit late, it's like oh all those games everyone else is getting yeah no they're getting Switch ports. All yeah, that stuff cause... you didn't get on the Wii U, it's getting Switch ports. Yeah, like, I I had a PS1, I had a PS2, I never got into Xbox, just didn't no. approve of Microsoft getting into that whole thing. And that was just my weird thing back in the <laughs> early noughties. I couldn't afford a PS3 when they came out, I don't have a TV that's worth putting any uh, attaching to a PS4. I've got still got no interest in Xboxy stuff, partly because of a lot of the community, or the, the, the community that is most vocal, and therefore I have encountered despite not owning an Xbox. <laughs> Um, I, I have a friend, she's uh, in her 50s, she's a mother, she loves playing COD, she has a headset, I don't know how she copes with it. I, I like, I, I'm, I'm a person that like does this for a living and I don't use mics ever. <laughs> she's clearly braver than either of us. Oh, indeed. Props to you, mysterious woman. Yep. Props. Props. And, and, yes. I, I had a Wii by virtue of the fact that my housemate managed to convince her boyfriend to buy one. And then when she moved out, she just went, yeah, all the games are yours anyway. What's the point? <laughs> I think I think she bought maybe one game and then didn't bother. And I was like, well, I will get this. I want to play Cold Mountain and Silent Hill Shattered Memories and yeah, like, other things. The Wii was my the, Zeldas. the Wii was my console of choice during that generation. I just, mm. there was something really nice about it. It just felt very pleasant to play. It was really good, I felt, at like bringing people together. Mm. Um, a lot of people that didn't game, it was quite nice to get groups, because anyone can just waggle a controller or press mm. a button. And and people that would very often be sort of put off by putting a controller in their hand, and they go, well, I now I have a bajillion D buttons, and this thing is huge and doesn't fit my hands. <laughs> you now have a remote control. Everyone knows how a remote control works. I, I think it did a really good job at helping, like, broaden a wider audience to at least seeing, mm. like, oh, I get why people like video games, even yeah. if I'm not going to keep playing them. Yeah, definitely. And that and that was really nice. Um, my girlfriend at the time, her mum, was absolutely obsessed with Wii Bowling <laughs> and, and Wii Fit. My uh, hilarious afternoon spent where she, it, she seemed to have really bad wind for some reason. And every time <laughs> she stepped up onto the Wii Fit balance board, she just farted, which was hilarious when she started doing that. I think it was the boxing game. Uh, <laughs> so my mum is like oddly into motion controlled gaming. Like she's really into it. Um, she was very into the Wii when it came out. Uh, she used to continually ask me to set up the Wii with Wii Sports for people to play at like social gatherings in the house 
And in recent years, her her interest has been in virtual reality stuff. Um, she's really into the Vive headset. Uh, there was a period of time, a couple of years ago, um, the place where she used to live had sort of a log cabin in the garden, which was like mm. a large empty space that was perfect for like room scale VR setups. Nice. And she asked me to bring it around so she could try it, and I did. Mm. She got on great with it. She invited her friends round and uh, like from work and asked if I could come and set it up so that her and her friends from work could play it. Then she invited my aunts and uncles round and asked if I could bring the the vibe for them to play it. And she just kept inviting groups of people and being like, "Do you mind coming with the vibe so we can play VR?" I'm like, "Yeah, Mother, do you is... know how heavy this all is? It's really heavy as a setup, but that is really adorable. Like, I love that my mum like gets into gaming when it's kind of more tactile, I guess." Is this is this a, a Dale thing? You just send people out into the world with more knowledge of video games. Indeed, I'm just like, yeah, everyone, we must spread the word of the video games to the masses. Spread the good word of video games to the world. Oh, goddamn damn video games. Video games. Games. Ah, we did have a couple of not video gamey things to talk about this week. We did. Do we want to talk a bit about Black Mirror? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we watched uh, series four, is it, of Black Mirror? Yeah. Uh, there were definitely some episodes that were better than others. I think there's like, for me, there were two that really stood out, mm. which was the first one, the USS Callister, mm-hmm. and the last one, Black Museum. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you feel. Were there any that like jumped out to you this season? Um, the one that we talked through most of, but I... Th- I- I I get this a lot with Black Mirror. It generates a lot of conversation, and that's a good thing. And that was the um, overbearing mother with the oh. um, seeing seeing through the daughter's eyes thing. Yeah. So should we should we talk a little bit about this one? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So the the idea of this episode is like a topic that's definitely been approached before. Is there in this world there was an experimental tech that parents could get that would basically allow them to track their kids and put on like content monitoring so that like they couldn't see 18 rated stuff and basically she got this done on her kid because she lost her kid a couple of times uh and was paranoid about losing her child and just became a bit of an obsessed overbearing mother with it like it it was kind of clearly damaging her kid a bit so she stops using it for a while for a while and it's the way these kind of stories always go is oh She's not where I thought she was. I'll just check that she's okay. She's not dead or anything. That and that's where the slippery slope begins. Definitely, and it's. I mean, it's the digital equivalent of taking the bedroom door off, as I said at the time. Mm. And uh, as we know, that generally leads to quite potential major psychological damage for a, a, a person as they grow into adulthood. It's uh, potentially a lack of trust. Yeah, and 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 on that level that we have in that episode, it's just in, in, incredibly extreme and badness. All the badness. Yeah, like I, we won't spoil sort of how it ends, but nevertheless, like it's Black Mirror. It's not going to end positively for everyone, but um, I think the ending was well earned to that, mm. in that it felt very much like a natural and healthy response to well. Not necessarily healthy, but a very natural response to that kind of level of invasion of privacy. Yeah. And 
the consequences for the mother at the end of that episode beautifully like mirrored and flipped why she got it done in the first place, mm. and I thought that was really beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Although you you, me- you mentioned that like it was never going to end well, but there are a few episodes of that show that do end surprisingly well yes. for the people you care about. Season four ended like some stories ended not too badly, like that dating one. That that yeah. had like a pleasant ending. Um a- apart from one character, I felt that USS Callister ended surprisingly well. I think it ended well for all the people who I would want we it to about. end well for. Yeah. Uh I- we did spend most of the last five minutes of that episode going, okay, well, they're, they're probably already all, all going to die or get horribly trolled by yeah. some nasty internet person or whatever else. Yeah, we, we And were, we're surprisingly like, oh, okay. We were convinced that the protagonist would not get a happy ending and we, we were so glad that they did. Um, but yeah, for anyone who's not seen it, the first episode of Black Mirror's uh, season four is sort of a pastiche uh, homage kind of thing to Star Trek. But it's also a story about, like, controlling, terrifying masculinity and people who do scary things when given a bit of control. Yep. And yep. toxic nerd culture. Toxic nerd culture, indeed. Your sort of obsession with getting back at the world because they didn't like it before it was cool. Yes. And and I hate to bring up a rival to your, your <gasps> general publication, but Polygon put up a really good article about that episode. If you can find it, I should definitely suggest going and reading it. I'll tweet it later, maybe, and you can pick it up from there. Yeah. Um, but that that was basically mostly about how uh, it seemed that there were people online who were g- getting the wrong thing from it. They were saying, "Oh, well, you know, the the nerd was punished. The nerd was this and that." And it's like, mm, but they all work at a gaming company. They all clearly they're all programmers. They are nerds yeah they have interest in these things so just to have said well the one guy that was i don't want to spoil too much yeah for the for the that it does the episode does appear to punish one person indeed but unless unless you are that type of person i don't think you're going to feel attacked by that episode agreed yeah never feel afraid to uh recommend a polygon piece i've written there before i quite like polygon go right ahead (laughs) <laughs> um, well, I felt it was a very uh, nicely written article, and I, 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 I have shared it about, but I will share it again for anyone listening. I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up. It sounds like a pretty good place to wrap it's up. A good first episode. You're gonna, you're gonna share it places, and we need to tell people where those places are. So, who are Indeed. you, and where are those places? I am not Laura Kate Dale. Oh no, wait, that was the intro. <laughs> I am Jane Iris Magnets. I am on Twitter as at Maniac Janiac. I am also that's it really. I'm I'm on YouTube as uh, Maniac Janiac or Silly Pook Monster. I can be found either way. I don't do much apart from this podcast now. Well, that's that's, so that's, that's fine. It. You 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 exist, and people should should be aware of your existence and the such, uh, and follow you on social media so they can see that thing that from Polygon oh. that you share. I will make more sillies. I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. Ah, no, wrong way around again. I'm Laura Kate, Kate Dale. You can find me at Laura K Buzz, most places on the internet. That's YouTube, Twitter, anywhere that's got usernames, really. Uh, you can also find me Monday to Friday at kotaku.co.uk. I do a couple of other podcasts. I do a podcast called Podquisition, where I talk just about video games and nothing else. Uh, I do a D&D podcast called Dice Funk, which is quite fun. So go check those out. Uh, And until next time, be a stranger.